Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd and this is my vomit. Christina couldn't uh, work with me today on the podcast. Unfortunately, she is stuck at the day job and I didn't want you all to think that uh, we just have a bot that <laughs> that just puts out the um, celebrity interview episodes. So I'm recording this on my own just so like proof of life, really. So let's get right into the vomitorium. I finally got around to seeing Rocket Man. Loved it. Uh, the humor, the kind of almost jovial darkness to it, and the fact that it was more fantastic. Um, they showed, you know, people like floating when he would play his music, and, and it was a, a lot more, um, just had so much more like artistic elements than Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, and, and I think both actors did amazingly Remy Malik. Uh, in Bohemian Rhapsody, the pipes agree with me. Taron Egerton, or Tajarian, whatever. His name sounds like a Game of Thrones character, but he was also in uh, The Kingsman. But I loved Rocket Man. Highly recommend it. Uh, fun watch. And and just, like I said, uh, spectacular visuals. And uh, just, I mean, even the, the, the first scene when he walks into, like, the AA meeting dressed as, like, the Elton John up-costumed, like, devil uh, was fantastic. And as he uh, gradually gets through his story, uh, he becomes more and more just Elton John. Uh, fantastic metaphor. Uh, reminds me of a different metaphor that we'll talk about uh, in a little bit on Watchmen. Uh, the Runaways premiere, I didn't realize Hulu put out the entire season, and it's the final season of Marvel's Runaways. It's been great. Uh, I've only watched a, a couple of episodes. Uh, I ended up prioritizing wa uh, watching Watchmen, which uh, it was easier to do than to say. Um, and I started watching Watchmen because Deb uh, and Lizzie were trying not to spoil it for me after they had completely caught up on it um, when we recorded... Um, this month's no applause, just the clap, and Deb really wanted to talk about it, and I said, well, um, I'll, I'll just prioritize watching Watchmen, and I couldn't have been more thrilled. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it, because I know Deb and I are going to have a conversation about it on next month's no applause, just the clap, but I got to say, um, it was kind of a slow burn, and I didn't expect that on Watchmen. I'm just going to breeze past Runaways, because like I said, I've only watched a, handful, a couple of episodes, and... Um, don't really have an opinion of, of the third season so far. But Watchmen, great. Uh, like I said, slow burn with like the new characters with uh, Sister Knight and Red Scare and Looking Glass. And I was kind of like, okay, like, it, it didn't seem very penetrable, so to speak, with the audience surrogate that was Sister Knight. But really, upon the third episode, once they uh, it reintroduced the... Um, uh, older Silk Spectre, uh, Lori Blake, now taking her father's last name, the comedian, uh, and her whole thing, uh, played incredibly by Gene Smart. Um, so glad to see her doing, like, her work in Fargo, her work in Legion, and her work in Watchmen has, has just been just a treat. But yeah, once the kind of more familiar characters get introduced uh, and the story starts really ramping up, around the third or fourth episode of nine episodes, I was hooked. I, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, in fact, I, I, like, I had to stop myself from watching it so that I wouldn't be tired at the day job. So, 
I highly recommend The Watchmen. Like I said, there are no spoilers here, but I mean, they did a great job, great cast, great writing. Um, I was a little worried. Um, I'm fairly precious about the original graphic novel. The movie was okay. Um, I think the original cut is still the best. Um, I think the ultimate director's cut that it, you know, they, they splice in the under the hood stuff and uh, the Black Freighter animated, it kind of just takes you out of the movie proper when it's like it, it intercut uh, throughout the whole like four hour uh, undertaking. Yeah, uh, original cut is fine. Director's cut even, I, I'd imagine. Uh, I think it had more about the original Night Owl, so that was good. But I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Alan Moore's and Watchmen. And I was a little twitchy about, you know, them doing something, you know, set in that alternate future, uh, which is our, you know, it's, well, alternate present, really, since Watchmen was set in 1985. Um, but, and Jeremy Irons is great in it. I'm trying to think, well, I mean, just every, every, Regina King, amazing, amazing. And I've, I've loved her in so many other projects, um, but Watchmen really did, like, it just excelled where I was like, okay, if it breaks even creatively and what I get out of it, um, I'm okay with that. And I was just blown away, especially by the end. Uh, the other thing that's been taking up a lot of my time is the uh, Mad Moxie's Handsome Jackpot Heist DLC or downloadable content from Borderlands 3. It's been a while since I've talked about Borderlands 3. Um, I'm going to get, I'm going to say something that I've never said about Borderlands 3 before. Finally found a gun I like, and it's a Malawan, which usually they suck, because they take time to charge. Um, I tend to, to just stick with Torg weapons, because their bullets explode, and they do a lot of damage. But I've got this great legendary uh, submachine gun that basically is, uh, shoots either electric or fire laser, uh, and it's awesome. I love it. Finally got a gun I like, only after beating the game. And playing uh, the first of the like seasonal DLC, and then this the the heist is an actual like story campaign, um, and it's it's been on it for probably eight at least eight hours. Um, of course, running every side mission I find, which uh, includes making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for someone trapped in a caviar closet. Yeah, that's the kind of game it is. But I'm loving it. Um, like I said, I don't know how much uh, I'm through it, halfway, two-thirds, probably. Um, so we're just about to get into like the actual like heist of like this tower. So, loving that. Um, I saw Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, and this is going to be a no-spoilers as well. I liked it. I think it did what it needed to do. Uh, it wrapped up all the storylines, made me a little misty. Um, I think it... It was long, I'll say that much, uh, longer than I expected, but I mean, it's got 42 years worth of continuity to wrap up. Uh, I think it tried to walk back a few things in The Last Jedi, which I wasn't happy with. Um, not that I wasn't happy with The Last Jedi, I actually really liked it, and I love Ryan uh, Johnson, uh, who, who was like, I'm gonna, we're going to do something a little different, and I think it worked. Um, but the, the fact that they felt they needed to walk back uh, a few things, kind of retcon a few things from Last Jedi I, I wasn't a fan of. Um, it was obviously bittersweet seeing Carrie Fisher as uh, General uh, Leah Organa or Leah Skywalker, you know, and it was uh, it was bittersweet, uh, you know, at the end that, you know, there's really no more Star Wars for a while. And it was weird because uh, the day I saw it, the day after Christmas, uh, the next day was the finale of The Mandalorian, which I'm going to talk about. 
Uh, oh, actually, you know, Deb's halfway through that, so I'll do a no spoilers on the Mandalorian finale as well. But uh, the next day was the Mandalorian finale, season finale, and it was like, okay, well, that was the end of the trilogy of trilogies, and then the Mandalorian's, you know, gone for probably, you know, till next year, and it's like, there's no Star Wars for a while. What am, what are we going to do? So, there's that. Um, and I'll, like I said, we'll, we'll do a full spoilers on, um, Watchmen and Star Wars and the Mandalorian on next month's No Applause, Just the Clap, give some people some time to process and to see stuff and then to reprocess that. Uh, but the finale for the Mandalorian, once again, extremely satisfying. I would say, and this doesn't spoil anything, the first five minutes is one of the funniest commentaries on a running joke in Star Wars that I've ever seen involving stormtroopers. Fucking hilarious. Um, once again, this has been a... Mandalorian has just nailed it every fucking episode. Every episode is, you know, there's, you know, protect the small town from the bandits. Um, there's There was a heist episode with a prisoner with a, you know, twist ending. And then, you know, there's the ongoing, like, you know, he's betrayed the guild and he has Baby Yoda or the child. Uh, and what's going to happen there? And why does Werner Herzog want him? Um, and then you've got, you know, Giancarlo Espinito, uh, you know, a fring from Breaking Bad, um, in the last two episodes, and he has the Darksaber weapon, which is, like, the lightsaber that was made specifically for the first Mandalorian Jedi. So that's got implications as well. Just fantastic. The finale, like, hit every beat, excelled at it. Love it. If you're not watching Mandalorian, then what the fuck are you doing with your life? That's what I've got to say on that. And that's that's the Vomitorium. I know it's a shorter episode it's because obviously I don't have a host and this is all purely just, you know, review. Uh, but hopefully Christina will be back next week. And uh, then I believe we're recording at the end of the month for No Applause, Just the Clap. And Deb's going to have a guest join us. So there'll be three of us again, which I'm fine with. So... That's it. That's the vomitorium. I'm Doug. Nerd. My vomit. And I'm out. Like a boner in sweatpants. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.